Hello, and welcome to the Geekiest Podcast, where we sit around and talk to our friends about all things geeky, all the while giving each other geek points to determine who is the geekiest. Hello, friends and listeners. Welcome to the Geekiest. I'm Pete, coming soon in a theater near you. Hi there, this is Joe, and uh, I think I'm going to be a Warforged. Hi, this is Kayla, and I have been huffing microphone covers. <laughs> I'm not sure about the legality. Hi, I'm Danny, and as of 30 minutes ago, I was cleaning the pool. They said they needed somebody for this freaking podcast, so... I just thought I'd come in for the AC and the drinks. <laughs> it's nice that you keep a, a variety of like um, uh, very tight swimwear for for your random pool. Well, yeah, we have to have the sexy pool boy. Yeah, it's it's like, part of the package. It's very tight. It's very tight. It's flattering. It's flattering. When, when I take it off, I, I talk lower. <laughs> it's very tight. Mm. So tight. Mm. <laughs> Danny is is our guest and is indeed not our pool guy. I'm I still do pools, though. 555-P-O-O-L. I'm available. A lot of options are on the table. Yeah, well, you know. Well, he's, a, he's a multi-talented guy. A renaissance man, if you would. Mm. Listen, a hustle's a hustle, you know? You got that right. <laughs> so, uh, Danny is a, well, a good friend of ours. Um, he is a member of the D&D 101 Tea Drinker Chronicles cast, a podcast that will be coming soon. Yeah. To Armored Bear Productions. Look for that. Um, but Danny has a long history in, in, in geek culture, including uh, extensive uh, con experience, um, bit of a DIY, I want to say, type person. So, uh, yeah. Danny, uh, let's let's find out how you how you gotten into the, the geek culture. Tell us your story. My story. Yes. Um, Bear your soul to us. Bear the souls of the damned. Um, well, I mean, when I, you know, it starts, like everything in life starts when I was young and <laughs> fragile and impressionable. <laughs> um, I, um, I got into computers very early on, and uh, it was a very geeky thing to do. No one really liked to admit things like that. You know, everybody was playing kickball, softball, a lot of balls. And I just kind of there's a lot of balls yeah. in in the year, our younger years in sports ball. Yes, I in, had a very bad ball. experience with a lot of balls and it being thrown at me, and so I kind of was like, you know, maybe not so. And I was like rather portly, you know, so running and dodging, I was yeah, an easy yeah. target. Very soft, and I still hear that echo of the that very boing. distinct boing. yes. Yeah. That n- none of us will be able to forget. We're traumatized for life. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you didn't need a targeting computer to hit me. Okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> the force was very light, and you could still hit me. You know? But... Gonna, gonna, gonna throw a geek point there. Gonna throw a geek point there. Yep. Um, so, yeah. No, I got into computers, um, and then I, I had to tinker, because back then, computers weren't, like, 
you know nowadays where you could literally buy your own video card and you could buy your own hard drive and uh back then it was pretty much like here's a brick and there's a plug in there somewhere and it plugs into your tv and you set that bitch to channel three and turn it on and sure enough you know Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. you have a keyboard and you have to write your own damn games half the time Mm -hmm. um so we talking amiga or my first computer was an atari 600 Okay. Ooh. Back, back, kinda, back kinda in the day. Yeah. Drop, a, drop another geek point yeah. there because that's a. I mean, I also had an Amiga, uh, and a Coleco Atom. I had uh, an Atari 800 XL. I still have the Atari 800 XL. Um, oh, wow. Oh, no, yeah, no. If we're going to go with what I still have, right, because I collect these things as uh. well. Yeah, no, I still have my floppy disks, like my eight-inch floppy disks, my oh, five yeah. and a quarters. You know. Size does not, I don't, and we don't need to. It doesn't matter. It really, no, no, it, it does actually. Really, and, and, and like in all things geekdom, it was the smaller size had the bigger capacity. Hey, you know? <laughs> a real hard drive so, there. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. My computer didn't have a hard drive for so long. It's okay. There's topical medication for that. <laughs> So computers. Viagra 286. <laughs> Make that floppy hard, baby. <laughs> oh, we were there. So um, much RAM. So yeah, no, I uh, started collecting games. I started collecting uh, computers because uh, things got things. Things got uh, passed down from my older brother to me, but my younger brother had nothing to do with it. He wanted skateboards and all that, so. Oh yeah. man, he went outside. Oh uh, yeah, no, no, he went outside. He, you know, did he die? Like, did he step outside and the sun just, shoom, he just burst no, right into flames? No. He broke. He broke an arm though. That was great. Well, oh, there boy. you go. See, that's why I stayed inside. I never uh, broke anything. <laughs> that, that was that was. I like, broke an ankle inside, so that was a PSA of not to get on a skateboard. Ah, uh, yeah. I was a skater kid, so. Oh. Well. And how many bones did you break? None, actually. Okay, my tailbone like seven times, but. <laughs> It's not None? that you broke seven bones one time, but you broke one, one bone seven, seven times. times. And it wasn't always on the skateboard. I think I only broke it on the skateboard like twice. Yeah. <laughs> I think the average is out even to the fact that you're still going to break your ass if you go outside. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much the it's PSA true. I'm getting here. You will bust your ass at some point. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> Yo, Joe. Um, Lasers. So, uh, <laughs> I guess from there, uh, I started getting the BBSs. Started meeting up uh, other people there, um, and then uh, just kind of just snowballed into that. I started collecting everything and anything that made you know that was nice in my childhood, and uh, I did a lot of computer geeky stuff. Okay, um, a lot of ASCII porn back in the teen, the pre-teen days. <laughs> you know. Like watching it download frame to frame. Oh man! And you're like, oh, this is this is this this. If I if I did the whole, you know, those paintings that if you stare like the focus away from the painting, like beyond the painting, they they actually look clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get a lot of training as a kid when you have ASCII porn. You know, because you like really don't want to look at the characters, so you're just looking beyond the characters. And it's like that looks like a boob. Oh God, I'm set. I'm good. It's a boob. You know. I think I think we had uh, a, a a strip poker game from like someone gave me on a DOS disc. I have strip poker on. And that. and it was just like, that's that's a uh, no, that's that's uh, okay. I just gotta let my eyes mm-hmm. and oh nope. Yeah. You just so, you stare at it really hard and then shut your eyes really fast. And, and well, uh, you know what sucked is my parents mm. thought I was on drugs for the longest time. I had that glassy look. Now I was just trying to remember the damn porn. It's like, <laughs> 
yeah, maybe. <laughs> Dang, are you okay? It's like, yeah, what? Huh? Yeah, no, that's fine. You sure? Yeah, I'm not going to get up, though. <laughs> because, man, that last picture shaved off all the octothorps. <laughs> real hot. But, you know, it's like the, 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 the hashtags were just placed so perfectly, it created a really nice effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, those weren't hashtags back in those days. No, pound signs. And I didn't pound Yeah, <laughs> I wanted the pound signs. <laughs> the majestic octothorpe. <sighs> so, so computers were your first love? Yes. Okay. Yes. And and where did they lead you from there? <laughs> besides the bathroom? Yeah, besides got, the bathroom. You got the whole ASCII, right? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, it led me to programming. Um, it led me to tinkering, um, like a really bad case of tinkering, um, which led me to starting to wanting to understand things like electronics, um, which brought me back to computers. And mm-hmm. It was a vicious cycle. I mean, <laughs> oh my God, it's terrible. Um, and are, were video games also in there or? Yeah, no, extensively. I probably have one of the largest collection of DOS games, Windows games, Atari games, um, Amiga games, Sony, I'll, I'll, you could, yeah. If you tell me you need it, I got it. And if you don't, and if you don't need it, I still got it. Wow. Wow. Well, I know you have a a rather large machine in your home that, that promotes such things. Is it this type of podcast that we're going to talk about the sibling? (laughs) (laughs) The other machine. Oh, 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 oh. You got to specify these things. I know. There's, there's a lot going on. Um, it's yeah. an industrial grade hydraulic pump. <laughs> yeah. I do I, I do, do high voltage too. Um, There's a case um, for that. No, I, um, you're talking about my arcade. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And oddly enough, that was um, that was an interesting story to, to that one um, because it kind of it has to bleed through um, me building things. Okay. So I guess probably the best thing to do is talk about that first. Okay. Do tell. So. Um, I was probably about, I don't know, like Thor was coming out to the theaters. Okay. So I, I need to, like 2010. It was early. No, it was way early 2000s. Really? Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. About 2010, maybe 2009 ish. So we're not talking about adventures and babysitting. No, 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 no. We're not talking about, uh, Vincent Duraffalo's Thor cameo. I'm going to give you a gig point for knowing oh, that name. Me. It's funny, too, because he, you know, he's the Hulk and Thor. He, it does, too, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. It's an ensemble cast. It, yeah, well, I mean, it's nice that he could play both parts. Versatile, you know, green and hammer throwing. Um, That's what I look for in a man. <laughs> wrong hammer. Almost snarfed Pete. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> the hammer's the um. penis. <laughs> it's important. Um, so... Uh, yeah, no, so, uh, it was Thor was coming around, and I was hanging out with a bunch of people in the con scene, and, um, I was approached and asked, hey, you know, it would be a good idea is if you, you know, maybe since you work with aluminum and stuff like that, make a Thor's hammer, you know, and I was like, yeah, you know what, I could do that, That's, that doesn't seem too hard, and I brought it. You brought it with oh. you. Meow, meow. Okay. Ah, nice. w- wow. All right, we will definitely have to post pictures of this thing because, goddamn, she's nice. and she's balanced. Oh, That's yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. I, I put some work and math involved in that. Yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. 
So, but that is a solid aluminum. That's also a geek point. Agreed. And yeah. I, <laughs> I made it and I brought it to uh, the premiere that my friends and all went to. And um, and they let then, you in with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was before they were like before really stringent about you know weapons. weapons in general. You know, not bringing in large magical hammers. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's easier for you to say, yeah, you know, that's a magical hammer. You could go through with that versus, um, yeah, no, um, that's an AK forty-seven airsoft, but still, yeah, yeah. So the hammer gets in. The hammer can get in. Yeah. You know, well, especially but, because if, if you argue, then you just put it down, and you're like, well, then you remove it. Yeah. Right, yeah, then they know. can't pick it up because right. they're not and if something And if something were to break, you got something to fix it. Mm-hmm. And if it's a fix and you want to break it, you got something to do that, too. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very versatile. A hammer mm-hmm. is a tool. Yes. You know? Indeed. Um, so, yeah. And then from there, um, there was a comic shop that was opening up, and... I was like, hey, you know, you did the hammer thing. You're pretty good. You think you can make something, you know, that we can hang up in the ceiling? And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, what are you thinking? It's like, oh, TARDIS. I was like, that's cool. Like a full... No, no, no. This was was something that was just going to hang in the ceiling. It's supposed to be like a four-foot thing. And then my friend Fred, um, he was like, he was my roommate at the time. And he's like, no, man, we, we can't do that. We can't just, you know, we're not building TARDISes for midgets. (laughs) This isn't the halflings go on the time travel series, you know? This, the doctor. I believe that that movie's called Time Bandits. I was going to (laughs) say. Yes, yes. Time time Bandits. Key points for Pete. That's an amazing movie. Man, I was trying to get to that. I got you, beat you to it. But, um,. You know, we weren't we weren't gonna have second breakfast on the TARDIS. You know, okay. we were gonna build it. What full about elevensies? Elevensies? No, we're building one for someone that we want. You know, I'm not like going full in. size. And so me and Fred built our first TARDIS, and it was a full size TARDIS, and it was at the um, the past and present store. You know, back when it was. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, know. we know those guys, or I All know right. those guys. All right. So when the grand opening happened at the one in uh, Davy, mm. that my TARDIS was the TARDIS in the back room. And so pictures and everybody loved it and they were all amazing. It had sound and lights and you had a remote so people can like in the front could turn it on to you know for to impress the little kids and whatnot and it was great. Um, and then after that it was like well sh- shoot sorry oh wait sorry explicit. you can swear well yeah, fuck say it <laughs> there you go <laughs> well fuckity fuck Ice was like you know what <laughs> um, I'm going to uh, build another one. And this time I'm going to build it better. Uh-oh. So 2.0 um, was twice as big, or not twice as big. It was twice as good. You know, it was a, like twice as clean. It cost twice as much. It was perfect. Everything was just t- two times. You know, as awesome. And I still have that one. Where is it? In my shop. Okay. Yeah. It needs a home though. That's I, okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'd rather it be with someone, but. Um, Are you looking for it to be like on display somewhere? Eh, you know, I mean, if they want to display it, that's cool. I mean, personally, as long as you don't turn it into a shit house or something, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, don't want to take opinion on that trip. <laughs> well, I mean, I sh- think I'll just going to end up somewhere in time way. sooner so- or later. <laughs> you might as well just, you know, <laughs> if you want, if you're going to have an outhouse, it'd be nice to be bigger in the inside, wouldn't it? I, right? I now, honest to God, cannot stop thinking about wanting an outhouse that looks like a TARDIS. I want I them like all to be painted that way. The right the the TARDIS. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> oh. 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 
<laughs> and when you're at a TP, you could use the phone attachment and be like, <laughs> "Doctor is prescribing me some some TP, please." <laughs> That's great. Oh, so you've built Tardis. two Tardises. I've built two Tardises. I've built an arcade, which um, the arcade was uh, uh, premiered at uh, SuperCon. Um and uh, and then it stayed at my house all this time. And so I've when been... you say arcade, you don't mean like a giant room with a bunch of machines. No, that's that's for people that have money. Okay, I, I built one machine <laughs> that could play all the games. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and when I say all the games, I'm like you know all all all. <laughs> Full disclaimer here: all the games. There is no game that's on that system that that, that isn't on that system at this point. You know, that sounds like a challenge. You know what? Bring it. I think our listeners might have to, to do a little commenting on, the, uh, on now, the podcast. Now, I will say, it's got all the games. They may not all work, but it <laughs> has all the games. <laughs> so I, I've dabbled a little bit in emulating and, right. and stuff. <clears throat> never, never to a level that I feel like I am personally content with myself with because I just never really have the time to sit and do as much like work on it as, as I would like to. Um, but did you use did, having a, ba- a background in programming? Did you, did you write your own, your own emulating software or did you use no. something? No, you don't use it's Typically the, 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 the key to programming is stealing other people's code. Agreed. So you, what you do is you, Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to let my little uh, inner Kender out. I'm going to borrow that code. Yeah, there yeah, you go. You borrow that code. And that's a geek point for the Kender reference. Um, I love Kenders. So what? Yeah. No, um, like for the arcade games, I did MAME. Mm-hmm. Um, Stella for the Atari games. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a NES emulator that's really good. It works on Nostalgia, I believe it's called, or something like that. But um, every single system on there, and there are 26 systems right now on there, has its own emulator. Well, most of them have their own emulator. Some of them work with others, like the whole Sega systems uh, have a whole emulator that works with all the different ones. So I got lucked out there. But then you get a front end, and you do a lot of scripting, mm-hmm. and you do a lot of editing, and you do a lot of trial and error. And it took me about eight months just to do all the programming side of it to work with each other. Because remember, it's not just, you know, it, I'm not one of those people that's just like, I've just got a cardboard box and a small 13-inch screen. No, I was just like, man, if I'm going to do this... I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it right the first time, which means it's got to have a freaking marquee that changes every time you pick a game. Nice. You know, it's got to have the guns in it. It's got to have the trackball. It's got to have a Tron stick. You know how hard it is to find a Tron stick? Not easy, I reckon. It's like doing a back alley surgery somewhere in Tijuana, finding (laughs) a freaking system that's just like gutted out, and then you just dope it, you ice it, so that, you know, leave a note later on, say, I'm sorry, I took the stick, and you know, it's... Eddie Eddie was on, he, you know, he said about how hard it was to get, you know, the pieces and stuff for for the very Yeah, he was talking about that too. You know, I mean, you do a lot of sourcing, you do a lot of begging, you do a couple things you're not proud on on the internet, you know. (laughs) (laughs) know, But look at the final result. Yeah, you know? yeah. But at the end of result, at the end of the day, you have something that you feel very proud of, sure. and um, and then you you just want to play it, and of course you never do because you know it's never fixed, it's never done, it's, it's never, never complete. And then just when you think you have it, oh my god, you missed out on a system that you remember. I got to put twenty eight on there and twenty nine on there. Mm-hmm. And the whole so, library of stuff that comes. Oh no, nah, I got oh, right yeah. now. I think it's got like thirty five thousand different games on it. Nice. 
you know wow and, and i'm working on more so there's that i built that um i i owned a co-owned a prop shop for about two years really yeah i didn't know that no well, were you making props and stuff or just kind no, of no no for two years i co-owned and co-ran a prop shop but didn't make a single prop you know i got wow. to ask these I'm, questions <laughs> it's my job i have one job on this ship <laughs> yeah you definitely only have and, one and then job. just to ask really weird questions <laughs> like you nope. know how do you it's run a business dumb. without you know <laughs> but i'm gonna do it <laughs> how do you run a business and not make money by ma- making stuff okay Weird. so no. so tell us about the things you made i think that was a better question is um, what have you made well okay so i co-owned okay. okay um i got into business with a really good and really talented guy and i'm as soon as i say the name everybody's gonna be like i know him everybody uh, knows him jesse malero nope don't know him wow all right, well, I'm dropping a, I'm dropping a You're diamond You're dropping a name. <laughs> All right, so, no, Jesse is a phenomenal artist. He can do airbrushing. He can do castings. He can do sculpting. He can do painting. He's got, like, a couple pieces of work on Tate's wall. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, I think he's got well, one, one or two pieces. Anyways, um, we got into the business of, uh, you know, he wanted, he wanted to get into business and making props. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll help you with the props. And if there's an electronic component or a lighting component or some kind of component that involves my expertise, we're good. And so I did a lot of the business end of it. And mm-hmm. he did a lot of the, you know, the art side of it. And then if we ever got a client that needed um, some kind of special effects or some kind of like we did this one thing, there's this anime. I'm not really don't know it too well, but the one of the characters has a TV for a head. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So somebody wanted a, that that as a helmet, but they didn't just want something that looked like a T. Functioning. They wanted, they wanted it to function. function. Good lord. So it's like, okay, well, you know what? Um, we could do that. So of course we took this girl's money and and we, we made her this helmet. And Jesse did all the artwork. He was really good about it, and everything's fine. But then then there was the fact that you know she wants it to show videos on the TV, and that's where I came in, and I did that. But then. And she wanted to be able to see, obviously, you know, when you're walking the conventions, you want to be able to see where you're going. Ugh. So she still wants to be see, she still wants to see out, but she wants people to see the screen working. So we had to work out a system with a camera and the whole nine. And uh, she was pleased. Everything looked good and everything was fine. Very cool. Um, so we, I don't want know. to delve into your trade secrets or anything, but <clears throat> was there an outward facing camera and she was looking at a smaller screen inside of the the helmet is that yeah it's not a trade secret man. Like, <laughs> i was gonna know. say like jim henson does that all the time right yeah, yeah. right <laughs> no i mean it basically <laughs> it was just, just, yeah, it was it was a, looking out for you and basically we took a, a hard hat mm-hmm. mounted the around it and then that gave us a position for the screen and then we used an old iMac. Remember the whole the old iMacs? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. These used to be the all-in-ones, and they looked like a TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to have one in my shop. Those things are heavy as hell. Yeah. Well, I found one, found a guy who had a, it functioned, and he said it non-functioned, but I guess I could fix that too, Um, for 40 bucks. I was like, sure, why not? So I took that, and then I shelled it out took it out of its shell put the shell back together you know and then from there we just cut out everything to make it function and then the little hole that was for the speaker up at the center Mm -hmm. i just drilled the hole out of that a little bit put a camera right there 
and then piped it through right wired it in with some batteries that were rechargeable she could slip them out charge up put it back in good to go nice and uh everything was fine um did that um there was a lady who wanted um death becomes her remember that movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay they wanted to cosplay the girl with the hole in the chest yeah similar situation we put two cameras put two monitors that ref- you know showed the other end oh, wow. and then her dress just kind of looked a little gory around it and then people could see right through her i've seen some people who've done that similar is that is fun super one. cool yeah, cool. yeah. i mean cool. just stuff like that it's you know the whole programming tinkering raspberry pi stuff and the drainos and yeah, all that's that. what i played a lot with was the yeah raspberry pi like if you go to my if like i have an office in my house and i mean i have nothing but a whole bunch of electronic components all organized and set up to do all kinds of weird things nice yeah Right next to the ASCII porn. Back to that. <laughs> it always comes around. Yeah. yeah. Always comes back to the porn. Always. No, no. ASCII porn, though. Specifically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's the classics never die. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's basically how I got into doing that. And I was building stuff there. Um, I mean, I, I like building stuff. I like being able to be given a challenge or, you know, something that's like, hey, I want this done or. I want to do this, and instead of being like, nah, it's too hard, or nah, it's too much, or nah, I'm too lazy, I just, you know, want to just say, hey, you know what, let me give that a shot. If it works, it works, and if it doesn't, no. Oh, that's yeah. that's cool, and I'm, I'm super jealous because I definitely, like, I had started down that road of wanting to tinker with electronics and wanting to, to build a Raspberry Pi. I was, I was building one because I wanted to make, like, a portable emulator. Um, and you know what ended up stopping me is I started working on this project and delving into it right around the same time that I enrolled in college. And then it was like, well, I, I have time for one or the other, not yeah. both right now. So I still have it. I'm going to come back to it one of these days, but it's in my closet right now, buried with my tools and stuff so like that. So let me know when you want, man. Yeah, that's and cool. I'll Thank you. Out. I'm also Thank going you. to college, so yeah. don't feel yeah. bad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough trying to find a balance for yeah. everything. It's interesting. Our our generation, we're all around the same age, and you know, our generation is kind of going, okay, we've raised our kids. You know, Our kids are older. We've done our thing. We've had you know whatever our life started out with in career, and we're now going, you know what? I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to do something different. No, it's for me, it's just it's sadistic. <laughs> I'm sadistic. No, no. I mean, my situation is a little unique, see, because I'm going back to college. I'm going to be enrolling in the college that my daughter is basically almost finishing up. She's a teacher's assistant, and I am just know that life is going to throw that <laughs> curveball that's going to make it so that she sees my paper. And it's going to be like, you know, I like it on this academic forum, and it's a very good paper, but my allowance hasn't freaking come in, so you're getting freaking F. Going back to school just to screw with your daughter. No, no. If that, if that was the case, I mean, that would only work if I was the cool dad. But no, I'm not the cool dad, so it's it's more like she's going to pick on me. Okay. She's uh, cooler than I am. Give her you. No, you're being cool by giving her a chance to pick on you. I'm I'm not that sadistic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, is that sadistic or, or masochistic cuz you know, you're a little of both. That's uh, no, that, uh, sorry, you're correct. You're that is very masochistic. that is no, that is very masochistic. <laughs> that is that is new level pain right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my two sons are 15 and 16, and so I like to think that 
I'm in college right now to get a bunch of A's that when they get there, you know, people have like really unfairly high expectations of them. Mm-hmm. And then when they don't meet them, they're like, what, but, but, what, but, but, and they're like, oh, but your father did so much better. Ah. Oh, God. Oh. There's, there's the sadist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 you're just begging. Um. You're just begging for trouble there. <laughs> Pete, have you considered therapy? Oh, yeah, no, I, I have. I just college is choose cheaper. not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so I just embrace my evil. Okay. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. You you mentioned in in doing all, in getting into all of these things that you got into them through the con circuit. Um. Yeah. I mean, the ideas came through the con circuits. The people I met with. Um. You know, they they kept me networking. Yeah. So were you part of the cons? Um, yeah, I mean, the South Florida, yeah, I was a part of the cons from, uh, 2009 to 2015, okay. 16 maybe, okay. about that time. Okay, what were you doing? Were you just, like, cosplaying and stuff? Or? No, no, um, around 2009, I went to a, con- a small convention in Weston, and, uh, I was there with friends, and I took a lot of pictures. I like taking pictures, so that was easy for me to do. Um, one of my friends knew the promoter to the show, and so they were like, oh, you got to meet him because I was showing him pictures, and my the pictures I was showing him were better than the pictures that he had. And so when he asked me who took them, I said, hey, I could just, you know, I could just introduce you. And so I got introduced to him, and... Um, and he was like, hey, you know, this is great. I really would love it if you took pictures at my con. And I was like, sure. I got, you know, I, I'm only going to this one con because I, I was a big Harry Potter. Well, I am a big Harry Potter fan. And then a couple of Harry Potter guests were at that con. Oh, okay. And so I'd never really gone to, like, any other cons or anything like that. Um, I mean, if I would have known, maybe my life would have been different. But I didn't. So... Um, I was like, sure, yeah, why not? Just let me know. And he did, and he brought me into the first convention I went to. Um, that was a comic convention, you know. Um, and I took pictures. And not only did I take pictures, but I helped coordinate how the pictures were going to get taken. And I helped place the people and organize all that. And and so then he said, hey, I'm doing this again. And when I do this again, I'd like you to be in charge of it if you want to. And I was like, sure. So I handled it that way, and then I just continued handling it, and I became the director of photography for, you know, Supercon and all the, cool. subs, you know, the smaller cons that Supercon branched out of. Um, and, yeah, I was there from, like, the like the ground up because that was the first – that worked the first Supercon that they had here, and um, and it was it was nice. Awesome. You know, it was uh, being a part of a friends that I didn't have a whole lot of friends in the area. And all of a sudden I had friends and I got to meet people. I got to meet celebrities and uh, people I never thought I'd meet. You've met quite a few. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, yeah. Uh, in Danny's, in Danny's uh, game room. Game room. There is a the, <laughs> there is a plethora the trophy of, wall. <laughs> of, of signed pictures with various uh, geek culture celebrities, and it's. I went to a I went to a restaurant one time, and I think it was Anthony's eighty four or something like that. And they have pictures of celebrities on the wall. And I passed by it several times, 
because um, while the restaurant's good and the food was good, I was just not feeling well. So bathroom back and forth, of course. Um, and every time I saw it, I just kept thinking, this would be nice. You know, if I, you know, knew people, this would be nice. And then, like, this whole thing with Supercon kicked in maybe, you know, less than six months later. And I was just like, oh, this is neat. And then when I got to meet people and I got, you know, got to know the people that took pictures of the celebrities with the people. And and he became my friend. And then he was like, hey, man, we're taking pictures for ourselves. You want in on this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then when I built the first TARDIS, we moved, we, the, we took it to the convention. And then we got Alex Kingston to take a picture in front of it. Oh, wow. And then that opened up a whole world for me. Because at that point then, whenever we had a Doctor Who guest, I'd just bring the TARDIS. Mm -hmm. And then then it just gets signed. And then it got to the point where I was like, okay, well, I can't take the TARDIS everywhere I want to go. But I want signatures. So I took the door. The Ah. little phone booth door. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I got like. I don't know, like 20 something, 20 something signatures from everybody from like people, you know, like main, like doctors, companions. Um, that's really cool. Wow. That's know. cool. Yeah. And I, I just, like I took that. it everywhere. I, I, that's I, a cool geek point. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Um, no, I took it to like New Orleans <clears throat> to when I saw Matt Smith. Oh, oh wow. Cool. Nice. Yeah. And my credit card picture, because Capital One lets you, you know, pick a picture. Mm-hmm. There's a picture of Matt Smith pointing at this thing, like, and I'm right next to him, like, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so great, because I like ID. I'm like, are you serious? You're looking at the card? Hi. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you a clue. I'm the idiot that's not famous or making millions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy who has to pay the card. <laughs> yeah. No. You just don't send that bill to Matt Smith. I, I wish I could. <laughs> oh, God. Do I oh, wish my goodness. I could? <laughs> oh. oh. Oh um, yeah. Oh, so oh. yeah, you've got you've got everything from what I've seen. You've got everything from uh, sci-fi to comic to Doctor Who, Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, uh, Supernatural, Boon- <laughs> uh, Boondock Saints. I got Tracy Lords on there, so I don't know what category she's in, but I like she's it. She's in her own category yeah. all by herself. She's in the ASCII category. I <laughs> <laughs> can't talk about that one because all but one of those, one of her pictures was from a time when she's not allowed to do those types of things. True. She, and she's very good about, like, she, she won't talk about it, but she's very polite if you try to bring it up. Like, she's not like one of those, like, shut, shut up or anything like that. She's very nice about it. Um, but, you know, Stargate. Um, you have, uh, I think I remember you've got, don't you have like Scholar and Moldy? Uh, <laughs> Scholar and Moldy. Wow. wow. <laughs> is, is there such a thing as a negative geek point? Ah. <laughs> I have, think, I think once taken a geek point away. I, I'm and not, I took it from Pete. I'm not going to do it because, <laughs> yeah, because, because you will kill my character in nah. game. And I nah. swear to God, I do not want to be on the receiving end of I'll, that. I'll, I'll take the negative geek point. I'll take it. <laughs> no, you don't no, have to get a no, negative. You no don't negative have one yet. Points. I was going to give you one just for. Because it was funny. Scully and Mulder. There you go. All right. All right. That's a, okay. I'll give you the point now. I've heard of those people. And then take it away. <laughs> um, no, I don't believe I have them. Why did I think you, why did I think you had an X-Files one? Uh, no, I don't have an X-Files one. Um, I do have um, Brian Thompson, who lo- which is, well, he's been in X-Files. He, um, he played the, oh, God. I can't tell you the character he played in, in, in X-Files, but... He did. If you, you will know him 
by his jawline because mm. he played the villain in Cobra. Remember the, the Sylvester? Ooh. Oh, man. Stallone. I remember the, that's that movie. face. I haven't it, seen it in so long. But that long. face haunts yeah. you. And interesting story. I got that autograph for free because <laughs> I was smoking a cigar outside the convention and he rolls up on a Segway. Oh, shit. <laughs> I swear, this was one year huh. where the, 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 the promoter at this, uh, you know, was like, oh, we're going to give some of the guests Segways. Notice it only happened one time because, you know. I was there that year. I was at a booth that year. Yeah. I remember that year. So Brian Thompson was a guest and he was riding along. Uh, okay, I'm going to throw a geek point just, just for <laughs> being there because I get one. Yes. Um, so he was riding along, and I, I mean, he couldn't have ridden along slower if he had rap music playing in the background. It was just like rolling in, <laughs> and um, and he stops, and he just looks at me, and he's like, where'd you get that? And I'm like, it's a cigar. Like, not thinking. He was like, I'm thinking, I'm get, like, like, you know, this is Miami, you know. Uh, like, like you're getting in trouble? Like, I'm getting in trouble. It's a cigar, man. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's, I know it's a cigar. Is that a Cuban? It's like, yeah. It's like, do you have any more? <laughs> and at this point, I'm thinking, wait a minute, segues. We got those for the guests. Okay, so he's a guest. And I look at his face. I'm like, how the hell can I forget that face that scared the crap out of me when I was a kid watching this freaking movie? <laughs> Kovac in X-Files. I think his name is Kovac. Never mind. But anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is how our brains work. This is this, this, this is how I work. There you go. Um, so, anyways, uh, Kochek or Kovac, one of the two. Anyways, um, so he's like, you know, do you have any more? I'm like, well, I don't have any more right now, but I have more at home. If you want, I'll bring you one. And we were always told to accommodate the guests, you know. And he was like, if you could do that, man, I'll make it worth your while. And so I was like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, it's, it's going to cost me nothing. I get them all the time from my other work for my day job and so um i went ahead and I, I met up at his booth the next day and i so the next day i show up and basically i just basically went to his booth and uh i was just like you know here you go and he was just like wow you remembered <laughs> yeah it was a little late at night and we had been working the whole day um so he's like yeah man what do you want and i was just like a picture and so you can personalize it yeah absolutely so he's like you know to danny you know smoke this brian thompson oh, oh this is great. that's great <laughs> you know and then the more the more i asked people that i per wanted to personalize it the crazier it got like um cindy oh god she played the the love interest in tron oh cindy morgan is it Morgan? I, in the original Tron? Know, in the yeah, original, the original Tron. You're, you probably know better. Pete, you have the, the Google Foo. Working on it right now. <laughs> Cindy. Damn. This is... This is I, I feel terrible now. I hate it when I can't remember our name. And especially when it's someone that it, I like have interacted with. or that It'll come when I'm talking about ASCII porn again. It yeah. came already. It was Cindy Morgan. Cindy okay, Morgan. So, okay, good. Well, when, you know, when Cindy Morgan had to go to a, a, we had a event, and she lives local. So... She went to this event, and I had to drive her because we didn't have somebody to drive her. And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, I could do it. Um, so I drove her, and then I drove her back. And cool. she got me 
uh, she made a picture and signed it for me. She said, thanks for the ride. And it, just, it, screw, it, it screws with people when they see it. That's awesome. You know? um, Jamal, uh, uh, Malcolm Jamal White, uh, he played Black Dynamite. And Michael J. White? Uh, Michael J. White, yes. Thank you. Um, I, he played Black Dynamite, and so I was like, oh, my God, i got to get something from him. I gotta get something from him because I love Black Dynamite. Um, the show, folks. Thank you. <laughs> Just you know, clarify. It's good to clarify. It's good to clarify something like that. So I go up to him. I was like, "Man, I really love. I, I just really love you as an actor, man. I loved you in Spawn. I loved you in Black Dynamite. I loved you in anything you've done. You pretty much have kicked ass." It's like, can I get an, a personalized picture? He's like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." You know. And, and, you know, and then it's like, what do you want to say? And I was just like, man, I got to put this one on the freaking wall. And it's like, I, w- I want you to say to Danny, uh, the coolest white man you know. <laughs> and I was just like, and he looks at me like, and he's, he's, he's facing down and he's about ready to write. And he just kind of does this <laughs> the little. S- little side tilt, look up at me. And he's like, so he's right now. I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. So Donnie signs it, and I, I'm like, oh, it's great. I'm I'm waving it so that the freaking sharpie dries up, and then, and then I read it, and then my face just drops. It's like to Danny, the the coolest white person you know. He wrote it verbatim. Uh, I was like, I can't, I can't fault him. I can't fault amazing. him. I was like, I I just got punked by black yeah. dynamite Hell nice yeah, yeah. and i and that's i paid for shit. it too that's <laughs> he made me pay to get punked by him that was, nice you know i nice. love it that's incredible so you have you have really you've bore more than just the the photography but really kind of been around in the con scene and stuff and yeah i mean i i i was the well i'm not gonna say like the the fixer or anything like that but i mean if things needed to get done or if favors needed to be done or something like that it was always like hey danny can danny can either find a way to make it happen or you know he can make it happen or he can know somebody that can make it happen and um i i kind of prided myself on the fact that i had a lot of people that i knew and I took time to listen to them and I knew what they were capable of and what they liked and all that. So it was just like, oh, well, you need this. I know this person that does this. Oh, you would like to do something like this. Well, I know somebody that does this on the side. And it was just like, you know, a guy, I know a guy who knows a guy <laughs> about that thing or the second thing with the second guy. And the next thing you know, it's like five guys and they open up a burger joint. Next thing you know, it's five guys. Just, you know, it's great. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. So, if I can back up for a minute to give closure to anybody who was curious. Yes. Um, in the the X-Files, Brian Thompson's character was listed, his character's name was listed as, quote, Alien Bounty Hunter. Ah. <laughs> nice. He I was like- in numerous episodes of that. Okay. He had a whole story arc. Huh? Alien Bounty Hunter. Never had a name, huh? Uh, for what it's worth, for anybody who is interested, he also played Shao Kahn in My- uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the awesome sequel to Mortal Kombat. That's what he got the uh, finisher. <laughs> also, in several episodes of Deep Space Nine, which is really what I wanted to bring up because I know you guys love it, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. as a character named Inglatu, I might be spelling, I might be pronouncing that wrong, or Tomen Torax. I'm not sure if that's all. It looks like it's two separate characters, two separate episodes. Is there pictures? 
Uh, not of his Deep Space Nine okay. appearance. Because that sounds really familiar, and I'm trying to I would to have to go to like Memory is. Alpha or I something. I think like I know who it was. He's got a jawline. Like, is, oh, my God. As soon as I brought it up, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, no. Oh, how did I forget what that guy yeah. looked like? Oh, <laughs> I forget this man. Yikes. Zoinks. Pete, can you tilt so I can see? Cause just the picture of him? Yeah, just the picture. Because you'll probably re- recognize him. Me actually oh, back up yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I got another picture. Imagine that guy coming at you in the middle of the night, dark <laughs> way, um, on a Segway. Here's some better like, pictures of him. It's like fucking so Freddy or Jason was... in a freaking golf cart. So I think he played... Um, he was a... In Glatu, I think it was one of the uh, the guys who served the the Ferengi. The, 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 the silent assistants they have. Serve the Ferengi. You know how um, you know how. Oh yes, the yes, Grand yes, Negus yes, yes. has. Okay, his, I know who you're. Yes, that um, guy. And the other one, Toman, he played a Romulan. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, that oh, no, guy. Okay. Yeah, so I'm he wrong was. On, he, wrong were, on, he wasn't the wasn't he, with the right, Ferengi. but you were right on that. Was a Ferengi connection because that was the episode where Quark had to. Um, had to negotiate for the Grand Negus for the the wine mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Yeah. You see that jawline, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's also Scary. got like some like some cheekbone cheek yeah. thing going on where it's like mm-hmm. you could, like there are people who would like have to try to free climb those, you know, because mm-hmm. they invert at such a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were Dude, I, yeah. I could break like knuckles really on cheekbones like that, and yeah. people probably have. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Joe, I'll go ahead and give you a geek point for for being close enough. You were. Yeah, Maybe not like, on the bullseye, but that close. ring around the bullseye. I'll mm-hmm. take it. I'll take it. I'll it's like a, a rim. Rim point? Rim point. Rim shot. You did a real job with that rim. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so we're we're coming up on that time in the show. I, I mean, we could we could go on with Danny for, for yeah, there's, a bit there's more. definitely more uh, to so I Danny. Think, I think that means we're probably going to have to bring you back again. <gasps> Part you know, two. Uh, you know availability you know right danny's uh, a busy man yeah i mean sure i wouldn't mind coming back yeah <laughs> i mean you, you still want your pool clean uh, well yes <laughs> i mean come on get install the heater <laughs> One it is winter <laughs> winter in florida after all yes. but people can also look out for danny uh on the tree, drink, tree drinkers when Rep- they come out Danny's part of that as well i don't know if you really want to be following me on that oh you are so much fun yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i don't want to put you on the spot joe but do we have like a rough time frame on when we can expect that we, we uh, don't have a rough time frame yet but that is something that is on my to-do list for 2020 the year, not not the Sometime ABC the news. Program. I I would be fascinated to see it in either format, frankly. That would be interesting. I, I, would, I would love it if you know if it lasted sixty minutes too. We're at it. <laughs> Listen, those those episodes, those episodes go long compared to the Not Safe for Wizards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tea drinkers definitely go long. So Pete, so me, intrepid traveler to a galaxy far, far away. I was field tripping again. Um. <laughs> So, tripping with Pete. Yeah. So, I did make it back up to Orlando last week. Uh, now that Rise of the Resistance has officially opened its doors to uh, Resisties. <clears throat> so, how was that? Resisty scum. Um, okay, so it was quite an experience for anybody who has not been following along with the, the madness that is the opening of not only a brand new Disney ride, but also a brand new Disney Star Wars ride. Um, there has been a lot of 
uh, a little some some friction and of people trying to get on to said ride. Uh, I heard the first days, the first day or two were super chaotic. They did not have a good plan in place yet. By the time that I is went, surprising. <laughs> I, I know. Usually they're pretty solid about it, but um, I think it has to do to a certain degree with the logistics of the ride itself. It it is a little bit lengthy, and I'll explain the ins and outs of that in just a second. But so essentially, <clears throat> if you are in, going to be in and around the Orlando area and are interested in, in riding it, you do have to be up and at uh, Hollywood Studios pretty early in the morning. The way it works is you, like you would sign up for your fast passes through the, the app, uh, you sign up for a boarding pass for Rise of the Resistance. But the boarding passes go real fast. Uh, there's a few hundred per day, and that's it. And then that's that's because of the amount of time the ride takes. That's how many people they can get through there. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I, I know I saw uh, on Disney Plus they have this Imagineering series, and they were discussing... I have not yet seen the Imagineering episode on that. I only just watched the first episode yesterday, and it's so good. Yeah, it the is, whole it series is really oh, good. Man, so good. I've only seen the first one, and it's so but, good. But the, the last episode that's out there, uh, Carousel of Progress, I believe, is the title. Mm. Um, they they talk about the Imagineering, the Imagineers working on um, both the Smuggler's Run and mm-hmm. at the point of that was recorded, the still in process and i think they were saying the rides like it's like 15 minutes it's about 20 minutes from the time that you like enter the queuing area to the time you leave when i went you know what no no you know what i'm gonna roll that back i'm gonna say past the queuing area once you actually get like pulled out of the queue to begin the ride which it's a weird it and i'll explain in just a second but the setup is a little different than what we are accustomed to it's not like you just queue ride done uh, there's a little bit of a breakup of it in the middle where you end up in an additional queue. Thanks, Disney. Um, <laughs> but it's not as bad as it sounds. Like, if I just said that to somebody, oh, in the middle of the ride, you stop and, you, and you'd get in the second line, I'd be like, no, fuck your face. I'm done. <laughs> um, Torture right ride face. part two. Yeah. So, so here's the deal. Um, we got there. We got there at about 530. The park did not open until 630. Uh, we were not the only ones there. We were not the first ones there, not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but we did get a boarding pass of something like 35. Um, so you have to, you have your, your magic band, which, you know, acts as your ticket and and your fast pass and a lot of other things. Um, you cannot log in to get a boarding pass for Rise of the Resistance until you've scanned your magic band into the park. Uh, I mean... It seems it seems like a hassle. It's also a nice way it's to keep snipers keep you from- honest. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually it's pretty smart. It's pretty smart. So as soon as you have you have boop into into the park with your magic band, Wait a if minute. you're a smart person, you've already got the app open and you're going boop 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 and you're so. In. Let me see if I get this straight. Yeah. All right. You got these gates that are leading people into the park. Into the park. So then you got a lot of people that are coming to see this new ride and try to get in there. So you go through the gate, you scan your thing, and like a typical Floridian, you're going to stop right in the middle of traffic and yep. try to open this app, which is going to cause that nice little 
it's going to cause a lot of people to push past you because this is also again Florida where people are like just just I'm just trying to get a get whole visualizing of, of how bad of a cluster fuck this is going to be. <laughs> well, the good thing is without for, a waiting area for, for what it's worth, and it's it's limited in its worth, but for what it's worth. Uh, once you get past that front gate, there's a pretty big kind of courtyard area at the front of Hollywood Studios. So, in theory, people are continuing to walk at least 15 or 20 feet and angle off to let people keep moving past so them. We're, Before we're they not run into something because they're I mean, that's at the really phones. funny thing is the park was supposed to open at 7. They were opening the gates at 6.30 so that they could start pushing these people through. And the, the, the great part is, like, nothing's open yet. Not even Starbucks is open yet at that point. So you definitely have a lot of people just kind of congregating on like Hollywood Avenue and 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 stuff as so, you first come so, in. So, on a scale of uh, w- one to ten, where one is you know people are people are, are, are nice and 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 being easygoing, and ten is trampling somebody on Black Friday uh, at Walmart because a a new. Uh, 4K, mm-hmm. you know, 50 inch TV is you know 35 percent off. What's the crowd like? You know, I'm gonna say that it was probably about even before before they officially open the gates and people start coming in when everybody's congregating, kind of between bag check and the front gates. Uh, really, it's surprisingly not worse than at least where I was standing. Then a three or a four, everybody's in a pretty good mood. I think because everybody is all kind of like-minded, we're all excited. If you are there at that point in time, you're going to get your boarding pass. You're going to be fine. Um, And I think everybody that I was around was pretty much like, we're fine, we're in. So everybody was pretty peaceable. Everybody was pretty cool. Uh, The funniest thing is I was standing next to a guy who was real tall. He had to be six six or so. And we would just keep going like, how far back is everybody? And he would turn around and like look over the crowd and be like, a lot of people here. And then he would take a picture and like bring his hands all the way down to these these terrestrial people below him. <laughs> and show him like how far back, show everybody how far back the crowd is from his godlike perspective. Come on, Chewy. Yeah. Tell me we're gonna get. Tell me we're gonna make it past this line here. Totally, that's awesome. So we get in. Um. So so I'm I'm in the gates by like six thirty five, six forty, something like that. Um. As as soon as the crowd starts moving, even the crowd pushing its way in is not too bad. I'm gonna say that elevated to maybe about a five on the trample scale. But also, I'm I'm my temper and first thing in the morning is is not great. So, it it may have appeared worse to me than it actually was. I'm like, get get the fuck out of my what? Stop! Move! Go! Go! <laughs> Don't stop! Um, move! <laughs> but that's really I think that's largely just me and I'm cranky. Um, and Starbucks isn't open. And Starbucks is not yet open. And also, their Disney's Joffrey's coffee is very good too. Um, so to give you a sense of scale and boarding passes, we were 35. And we were on the ride by, I think it was about 10 o'clock or so. So, not too bad, all things considered. 6.30 to 10? Yeah. 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 That, that's like three and a half hours. That's 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 three and a half hours. Yeah. Okay. Damn. But I mean, it's I'm not standing in line for three and a half hours. You're just that's the point out. of the boarding pass. The point of the boarding pass is you've signed up for it. They will send you a push notification on your phone. It's like, 35. Here's your time. Come in, and you come oh. straight in. Yeah, you don't stand in the queue for three and a half hours. Oh, okay, that's a you lot go better. and you you have breakfast at at uh, the the cantina and 
and spent all the rest of your money on all the other things. Yeah. Why keep um, you in line when your wallet could be traveling the the galaxy far, far away? Right. You are not standing in line the whole time. That's the whole point of the boarding pass is to keep people away from there. I'm sorry? Were you also playing with that the the cool app? It's the funny thing. I I made myself not do it this time, uh, which was tough. I was like, no. No, I will live in the moment, and I will just walk around and have fun. Okay, for one of us has not been there. This, def- what is this cool app? Oh, so um, there is an app called Play Disney Parks, I think it is, and it it works in all of the Disney parks, including like Disneyland, Disney Paris, all the all Euro Disney, all the other ones. But it uh, through GPS and stuff like that, it tells you like it knows what park you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it knows you're in Disney World, it knows you're in Magic Kingdom or Epcot or whatever. And the idea is that when you open it up, it'll show you a map of the park with relatively more or less about where you are standing. And for rides that have a particularly long line, like the Seven Dwarves Mine ride in Magic Kingdom, for example, it has little games and things for you to do to distract yourself from the fact that you are maybe standing for 45 minutes to an hour and a half waiting in line for a 45 second ride uh oftentimes so, so you're playing a video game to distract you from the fact that you're cattle in line waiting to that's a way of looking at it or you're playing a game to distract yourself from the fact that you're supposed to be somewhere having fun um <laughs> but you're in line <laughs> but you're in line <laughs> but you're in line for that fun all right uh, i'm sorry please, please continue <laughs> <laughs> quite all right what's what's really cool about it is within the galaxy's edge area of hollywood studios the whole app changes to look like a star wars data pad and there are a bunch of additional little games that you can play in and around there because it made they've made galaxy's edge to be super 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 immersive that you're in you're no longer in hollywood studios you are on the planet of batu in the black spire outpost um it's really like the ren fair of of star wars uh so you can do things like scan cargo containers and find out where there's like contraband and then you can either turn them into the the first order or you can do jobs for the resistance and you can hack terminals and do all this or or you can be a scoundrel and just like help smugglers to do their smuggling and and do can i shoot the guy who dresses up as guido uh if you can find a guido I invite you to shoot him, please. I, I can't shoot first in this one. Uh, <laughs> shoot only? Shoot only? Yeah, shoot only, because you mm-hmm. know, it's hard to shoot when you're yeah. dead. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, so, you come in, you get your boarding pass, they give you a push notification on your phone. Uh, also, there are signs around the park, around Galaxy's Edge that will say, you know, their Rise of Resistance is currently boarding 9 through 12, or something like that, you know, so you know... If you're supposed to be ah, over there. so it's like Southwest Airlines. I believe you have something like an hour or maybe it's two hours from the time they call your boarding pass to show up. Uh, or or ah, so not like Southwest Airlines. No. <laughs> well, not like Southwest Airlines. Eventually the plane just takes off. It's probably not two hours that they wait for you, though. <laughs> it's as pricey with the food and drinks as Southwest Airlines. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> maybe more so. <laughs> Ooh. That was an interesting was sound. sound. So... Save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the sound you make coming off the ride. <laughs> so they call your boarding pass. You get your push notification. You come over there. You walk through the queue. Um, the queue is moving at a pretty good pace because they are smart enough to have a limited number of people all show up there at the same time based on this boarding pass system. Um, walking through is very cool. As always, Disney, it's super immersive going through it. You feel like you're in a, a resistance base hidden inside of a mountain. Uh, they have some cool 
like um, cages in there that are holding things like weapons, like uh, armor, lo- arms lockers, and stuff like that. Um, there is the infamous Star Wars ice cream maker. Um, for those who are not familiar, in Empire Strikes Back, when they are evacuating Bespin, there was a quick shot in the background of a man running out of a door looking like he's smuggling something out, and it looks like it's essentially an ice cream maker that was recently shown on The Mandalorian to hold a... It was like a, a portable safe um, holding lumps of Beskar. <clears throat> um, I'm going to go ahead and give you a geek point thank for you. that. Thank you. Wow. I did that find it way. in there. I was specifically... Funny enough, because... I had just watched that episode of The Mandalorian. I was specifically looking to see if there was anything Mandalorian related. And I looked down on one. I was like, oh, look, there it is. It's the ice cream maker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was cool. So here's, you get to the front of, of the line. And uh, what happens is you you walk into like the prep room like they have in a lot of Disney rides where it's like, we're going to show you some short video that sets up the, the story of what you're about to do. Uh, in this case, it's a room where you see up on kind of a higher wall, you see BB-8 rolling around. It's like a full-size BB-8. It's very, very cool. Um, you hear some people, like like some calm chatter going on through the speakers. And then a full-on, no-fucking-around hologram of Daisy Ridley Ray appears um, kind of up on the same ledge where BB-8 is. It is a hologram is a full color hologram you can see through it but it is a, it is like uh Whoa. who was it tupac that they did like the yeah, hologram yeah. of right mm-hmm. yeah you are in a room with daisy ridley um it it's the the coolest way that they could get around not having an animatronic not having a, a random cast member or a lookalike or something like that they have daisy ridley's hologram in the room Neat. telling you like okay, we need to evacuate this base. The first order is coming. We need to get you out of here. We've got a shuttle outside, blah, blah, blah. Get ready to go. Get on the shuttle, uh, and we'll escort you out to get through the the first order blockade. You walk out through a door. I'm sorry, should we have spoiler alerted this? This is going to be the story of the ride. Well, well, I'm sure that we can in post. We can can put put it in. I mean, do we really want Disney cracking down on us so early on? I just don't want to Listen, spoil the, ex- the amount of time we've discussed Disney and whatnot, we've... I don't want to spoil the experience for anybody who doesn't want the experience spoiled. Right, That's but all we've, we've reviewed stuff like that before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's a reason why... Normally I wouldn't even go into like all the little specifics about it, but it was such incredible freaking Disney magic that I need to like express to people how cool this is. You go out this door. It's like a big like bay door, and you are outside again, in like a like inside of a cave, but like an open mouthed cave where you can see the trees and stuff where the rest of the galaxy's edge park is. You can't see the park because they have such a smart way of obscuring everything. But you're outdoors for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. There is a shuttle. It's the same kind of shuttle that you saw like Leia come off of on Taco Danta in The Force Awakens, where it had kind of like a side door mm-hmm. uh, horizontal entrance. It's that shuttle, full size, full scale, sitting there. The door opens. A cast member leads everybody in. Come on, everybody, get in. The first order's coming. The first order's coming. You get inside what is essentially a space bus. The door shuts. There is an animatronic um, Moncal uh, pilot in, in front. He's, he's all fishy. There was no trap. We knew it was coming. <laughs> um, there is a screen in the back. There is a screen in the front, and it looks like you're looking out through a window. It doesn't look like it's a screen. You can... 
if you really look, you can tell you're looking at a screen, but it's it's very good. Mm-hmm. Easy you, to dis- suspend the disbelief. Easy to suspend the disbelief. Mm-hmm. You feel a little bit of motion. You can see yourself taking off. It feels like you are lifting off. Wow. Um, there is uh, uh, Oscar Isaacs cameos. Uh, he comes up on the screen. Mm, He's po in, in Poe Dameron's <laughs> in Black One Flying Escort. Mm, Poe. Oh, so sexy. <laughs> so sexy. <laughs> Um, I'm going to ship him and me together. You've got some <laughs> other red shirt pilots with you. It doesn't turn out great for them. Oh, boy. Uh, excuse me. You're crossing fandoms there. Well, I'm just That's okay. making... That's okay. I, I was going to geek point him for it. I just but, want you, know. you guys to know what we're in for here. All right, all right, all right. I guess that, that earns a geek. Well, you've got Poe Dameron and Lieutenant Steve. It's not turning out great for Lieutenant <laughs> Steve. <laughs> so you start flying and... You see these First Order destroyers show up out your front window. Oh, my God. There's a lot of shaking and rattling and and rocking and rolling. Poe's like, oh, I got to go, guys. Uh, I'll be back with with the Resistance. We're like, what? I love him anyway. It's okay. He he wouldn't really abandon us. Your pilot is like, they've tractor beamed us in. We are in a First Order hangar, blah, blah, blah. Everybody just be cool. Don't tell them like where the resistance base is and this and that don't tell them don't tell them our secrets and we're like okay (laughs) the door opens when you got onto this space bus you were sitting in this cave at galaxy's edge and you could see how you were outdoors you are now in a freaking first order hangar bay (gasps) like the door opens and you're standing in the hangar bay like you've seen in the movies. Oh, my God. There is, like, a full squad of First Order stormtroopers standing there all staring you down. Uh, full blasters and everything. You can see out the hangar door because, you know, force fields and stuff. You see TIE fighters flying by, flying formation outside. Holy nice fully work there. A, thank you. A First Order officer comes up, and he's like, he's like, all right, all of you off the you know off the shuttle. We're gonna take you for interrogation. Blah 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 blah. And like you start filing off, and you're standing in this freaking hangar. You got into this thing at Galaxy's Edge. The door opens. You're in a first order hangar. Oh it's God. such a cool like magic trick they just did with you. Where I didn't go anywhere. I just got <laughs> in this ride. I I didn't go anywhere. They they really like it's it's like. The magician putting the assistant in a box, shutting the door, opening the door, and the assistant's gone. I love it. Like, that's how you feel. You feel like you're in the inside of that magic trick. Um, everybody comes out, of course. Everybody's, like, staring. People are taking pictures. One of the cast member First Order officers is like, When you're finished ogling the might of the First Order, head down the hallway for interrogation. And we're nice. like, oh, whoa. Like, they're super in character. Nice. They're super in character, and here's where cue number two starts. This is an awkward spot on the ride. This is I'm going to tell you if there's a spot where this ride gets a few points taken off. You come off, you're like, "Holy shit, I'm on a first order destroyer!" Like I'm I'm in this hangar bay. Then you walk through a doorway, and you're like, "Oh, I'm back in a line for a ride." <laughs> Aww, a little bit. Ugh. Um, so. Eh. Uh, you push through the line, you get to the front, there's, um, what now looks like you're in, like, the detention block, so you've got, like, a 
a guard station with a couple more first order troops uh, like like stormtroopers standing there mm-hmm. you've got a few officers the officers are directing you guys to uh, in groups to go into different lines for interrogation you get thrown with a group of people into a cell um their use of close up screens that are placed in a place where it doesn't look like you're looking at a screen is brilliant mm. you go into the cell there's um um like a ledge above you with like um like bars across it and after a couple of seconds you see like Dom Hawk Leeson as as General Hux uh comes walking out and is like oh you're going to tell us the, the location of the the resistance base blah 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 Kylo Ren comes out with clearly the voice of Adam Driver Yay. Um, and they're standing down up there looking down at you it's hard to tell this is not lookalikes it's hard to tell this isn't some kind of animatronics like it's hard to tell you're looking at a screen and not people standing over you the wow. way they have it um they're like oh you know be be prepared to give up all your secrets me and they walk away and you're in there for a couple of seconds and then like the lights flicker and you're like what's going on the lights go out and you see what looks like an orange glow cutting its way up the side of the wall across the wall and down and a chunk of wall gets pulled <gasps> And there's a bunch of first or uh, of resistance people busting you out of prison. Ah! Oh my God. They cut the wall out, and you're like, "What is going on right now?" <laughs> They're like, "We're gonna get you out of here. We're the resistance. We're here to save you." You um you get into now you get into like the ride proper. This is the real for real ride. At this oh point. wow! Um, and it's a chase through this this first order destroyer trying to get you out, and. You go through the legs of a full-sized Adat. Oh, um, nice. You see, I don't. I, honestly, I don't know how they pulled this off, but at one point, you seem to see John Boyega in his First Order stormtrooper with the helmet off, as he has infiltrated this destroyer to help bust you out of prison. I am not sure, to be honest with you, if that was a screen or a very convincing animatronic. Wow, that's how good it was. Uh, it, it, there's John Boyega. He's shooting lasers. There are you are watching lasers go streaking by you. Mm. Um, lasers are streaking by and hitting the wall, and there's tsh- like explosions of walls getting blasted out. The way they do it's it's a combination of like screens of of projections uh, onto the surfaces to make it look like the blast are hitting it. But just the way they pull out all the stops, the way that they use all of their bag of tricks. Mm. Um, to make this right happen is is unbelievable. Um, so yeah, you go from there and you you go on a chase through the this this first order destroyer. Kylo Ren is constantly like um, Jason Voorhees every time you turn around, like he's standing there with his <laughs> lightsaber. You're like, oh, here we go! No, he's gonna get us. Uh, at one point, you see a lightsaber come through the ceiling and he starts cutting a hole through the ceiling. Uh, coming after you like this unstoppable force. Oh my gosh. Um, there's a little bit of like crazy motion in it where at one point you like go up a lift, then you go through some things. Your your car that you're in goes into an escape pod and you're looking at like another escape pod out in front of you and you see it drop and you go like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's no Twilight Zone like Tower of Terror where you're taking like a 60 foot free fall drop or anything, but mm-hmm. you definitely feel a free fall of at least like 15 or 20 feet. Wow. It's, it's like a quick like, whoa, okay. <laughs> whoa. All right, we're good, we're good. Um, it's cool. It's 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 very 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 cool. Oh my God, I'm gonna cry. That's amazing. It's a really, I, it's I'm gonna an say, experiential. Um, you, when you get to 
the the episode of Imagineering, um, they show they show how the trick is most a lot of, the of trick that. Is done. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, it's super cool. Yeah, I'm telling it being there like. Honestly, I, I will say there were a couple of times, maybe one or two times, where I'm like, well, that's a screen. Like, you're at a slightly weird kind of cockeyed angle, mm. and it looks a little flatter and a little bit more two-dimensional. Um, I, My eyes, I have a serious problem seeing 3D. Um, I had no problem looking at the, the things that were going on around me there and feeling like I am looking at something with depth, even though I could tell sometimes it was a screen. And you're not in glasses or anything. There's no glasses. Okay. You're just looking at it. It's very natural. Wow. 3D. Nice. Uh, it's it's very cool. It's really an example of Disney like pulling out all of their, their bag of tricks. Very and, cool. And making it all come together. Oh, my God. It is a crazy experience. So there you go. There's my Rise of uh, the Resistance review. Um, I guess now Galaxy's Edge is more or less complete until they decide they're going to throw something else in there. I did get a chance to go over my Magic Kingdom, which I haven't done in a while, and I saw where they were building the Tron ride. That's going to be very cool. Too. Oh, I'm so excited! They they, they touch Island. on that in the Imagineering yeah. series as well. Yeah, because <laughs> well, they they can't they wait for that. They <laughs> discuss it as it was done for Shanghai Disneyland, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, watching that, we were like, okay, how much does it cost to go to Shanghai? <laughs> And from what I understand, I guess it's a it's a fully indoor ride. By the no, time it's, it's partially ex- there's partially. Oh, okay. uh, It's covered, but it's uh, there is an outdoor portion. Because as it exists right now, still in the process of being built, the track is in, but there is no building around it. Yeah, which is kind of cool to see. Yeah, from 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 what from the Imagineering series, um, there is a part. It's partially covered, but it's partially open, mm-hmm. um, where the light cycles. Travel I'm sure yeah. that Disney will cleverly make it so that even if it is raining, oh, yeah. you well, don't I get mean, pummeled. Well, that's yeah. that's yeah. the thing. Shanghai has kind of a similar subtropical mm-hmm. uh, climate mm-hmm. as we do, so they had to make sure to... Also, they have like way more pollution, so yeah. they also but had to make sure... Indoors is important. Well, yeah. yeah. But yeah. It, it is, it is uh, somewhat covered, um, at least in the Shanghai version, mm-hmm. um, but it's somewhat open. Um, mm-hmm. So that sounds interesting, and and you know if that Brightline thing goes through or Virgin Trains go through, and you that can get is, on a train yeah. in Miami and be in Orlando in an hour, that's a game changer. That is a serious game. As long changer. as it doesn't cost as much as a Disney ticket to ride, well, right? I mean, I'm sure they'll figure. You can always ride with me. I mean, I get there in about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I take the train. <laughs> you sure? Which has the added benefit of I might murder people along the way. Oh, come on. Oh. oh. oh you bringing us down. Um, uh, virgin train. Well, yes. Now virgin train. <laughs> now virgin train. That's because I haven't killed anybody yet. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> it's a virgin. <laughs> no, they've they've since since the, the, the buyout or whatever. They've already hit somebody? Oh, they've the hit several oh. people. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, Don't well, stand on train tracks. Yeah, yeah. So for Brightline is a, a high-speed train, or Virgin is a high-speed train we have in South Florida. It goes from Miami to West Palm Beach. It travels somewhere around 80 miles an hour at its fastest. Um, oh, Lord. But it rides on the Florida East Coast Railroad lines, which usually have cargo trains. Ex- exclusively cargo trains. Which, yeah, that point. Mm-hmm. yeah, which run... Oh, on Amtrak, I think, also runs on the same yeah. track. Uh, Amtrak runs on it. Yeah. I have been on an Amtrak train from here to Orlando. Um, but I know Amtrak also runs on the other one that, like, the tri-rail runs on as well. They do it as well, but only um, on 
I think it's like once a week on some mm. like weird thing like that. It's not something that's right. normal. So, and your your Amtrak and cargo train travel around like I think they say up to like upwards around 55 60 miles an hour. So, what was happening is people were the cross cross arms go down and people are used to being able to no, Cross. people don't do that. No, which which I still think that is. I mean, it's Darwinism at its finest. I mean, if you, the freaking arm is down, <laughs> why on people. earth? I'm sorry. Do we need to put a person literally there? Like, look, don't, you you don't. might get hurt <laughs> because I really want to see somebody on the you know in front of the, the the arm and tell somebody in Liberty City, yo man, I don't want you to be crossing them tracks. You're gonna get hurt, and they're gonna be like, I'm gonna do it anyways. You can't tell me what to do, and bam! Yeah, I mean, the cross arms isn't stopping you. Um, But basically what they're saying was that people have been used to, you know, going against, you know, going against the cross arms, but that train was traveling 20 miles an hour slow. Yeah, not 80. does not matter, people. Don't cross the tracks when the arms are down. And that's BS. Because, listen, I've driven... On 95, I've driven on Turnpike. I've driven on all of these. I've driven on the Sawgrass. And I've done more than 80 miles an hour. Okay? And there are cars there that are not on track. So you don't know when they're going to freaking turn. And I can still get it from one place to another without getting in an accident or hitting someone. Okay? These and there are, wasn't even a crosswalk. No. There wasn't, no there wasn't like something. They don't even use a blinker. So I don't even know when the hell they're going <laughs> to use something. <laughs> But True story. Are you, you going to tell me that. that you know a normal person that can drive eighty plus miles oh, no, an no, hour? No, no, no. What uh, what what was going on is not so much like people in cars. Although there were a couple of folks who decided to drive around, but it's been pedestrians trying to cross when the arms almost go down. entirely. If it's been pedestrians, mm. uh, Darwinism. That's yeah, all. and, and, and <laughs> straight honestly, up Darwinism. Not to to be a dick, but thank goodness it's mostly been pedestrians because pedestrians are less likely to derail the train than a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trains would have suffered a lot more. Well, I don't know. At eighty miles an hour, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I, I'm not a physicist. Yeah. I mean, they call it a bullet train for a reason. Yeah. It's just, you know. <sighs> People. So, so anyway, yeah, um, game changer being able to get up to Orlando as we do live in South Florida and we pretty much always want to be in Orlando, but we have lives. Um, that's going to definitely make things interesting, yeah. I think, and probably get that train. take Folks. a lot of my money. <laughs> so we just take a road trip, podcast a road trip. Oh, well, we're doing speaking that. of, speaking we will of. be doing a, a road trip uh, podcast special when we... Go to Jacksonville in February for the Reboot Roadshow mm-hmm. uh, and Q&A. And uh, Armored Bear Productions has ponied up uh, some scratch so that we will get to do a photo session with a uh, photo meet and greet with Kevin Smith. Uh, and uh, yeah, He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Another one that, that you have met. And you know what? I agree with Danny, though. I think that at some point the geekiest needs to make a roadshow to, uh, to Disney. I think we would have a lot of fun doing that. You know, maybe yeah. Pete yeah. can Pete, Pete can be our escort. Ooh, our, I love being our, an escort. Our Disney doula. <laughs> you should probably Disney. take somebody that's like probably has never been to like you know any of the rides and then get like their instant reactions. <laughs> Is there someone who's never been to Disney that we know? You've been to <laughs> Disney. I, I, I last time I went to Disney, I think Epcot had the the go-karts on the tracks and something like that you were just oh you were at universal recently i go to universal a lot 
Oh. See, that's I'm the reverse of you. I I've never been to Universal. I've never been to Universal either. either. I wait. I, I do the three line, the three hour wait for like the Hagrid ride mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's like I know all the little ends and pieces of of, of Universal, but Disney. I I mean I haven't been in Disney in years, like years, years, years. So so that's the bid is Danny gets to come so that Pete can guide us through. The stuff he knows and Danny can guide us through the, the universal get, stuff oh. and you can get our we haven't been there reaction oh yeah no, I, <laughs> I, I, I can I, I my friend the guy that helped me build the TARDIS and mm. all that he used to work at Universal so he oh. taught me all the places because he Thank was there you, when they were building the Harry Potter the the, the Harry Potter sections of mm-hmm. it he worked in the, in the Universal during that time mm-hmm. so he knows all the ins- he was I think he's the first cast I think he was the first person to get drunk at the three broomsticks that's funny that's a yeah, he has that title <laughs> we so. will we will throw out a geek point to fred wherever he is <laughs> i'll see him in christmas <laughs> so uh geek news wise there are some trailers dropped in the last week or two uh Wonder Woman 1984, which looks awesome. Oh my god, that looks phenomenal! Oh, um, so excited. The that most recent recent Star Wars uh, Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. including the, the the Facebook one that uh, came out and had some folks upset because they felt it gave way too big a a plot point. I have not watched. That I missed one. that one. Uh, I did yeah. see there was a hullabaloo about some ad. A kerfuffle. Mm-hmm. Um. I was trying to think of the other. Uh, the uh, Black Widow trailer dropped. Yes. Oh, that did drop since our last. Uh, yeah, and it looked it. Uh, it looked really good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, David Red's... Harbor is Fat Captain America. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was uh, it was a it's an interesting. I've lost weight. No. No. Um, it gives me hope that I also can be Captain America. <laughs> the Russian version of Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of the Russian version, you know, the trailer for yeah, um, for Red Sun, Superman Red, Red Sun, Red Sun mm-hmm. uh, animated from the one thing that DC seems to be doing really well is their animated movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. Stick with what they know at this point, you know. Yeah, yeah they're good at it, man. It's yeah. incredible. And yeah. it's, uh, there's I'd watching the trailer. Red Sun's one that's kind of close to my heart. It was I think the first what if I ever read that was put into my hands. I've always been a Superman fan. Um, and it touched me. The art in the in the book is incredible, um, and the story is really incredible. And I, I saw the trailer, and it was like there are a few places where it's like right out of the book, nice. just like a, a frame, a cell, just right out of the book. You know, and it's it's interesting, and it will, it'll be interesting to see how closely they follow the story. Uh, other big news uh, with the Kevin Feige ascendancy at Marvel. Uh, Marvel Ooh, Television was folded into uh, Marvel Studios. R.I.P. Marvel. Um, yep. Jeff Loeb uh, will be leaving the company as well. I think they said a, maybe a couple dozen employees. Uh, other employees will be moved into the studios proper. Um, but it does kind of draw a a close to the marvel television era so there was some lamentation that they never got to be as much a part of the mcu as they thought they were going to get to be Mm -hmm. um and then of course with the whole daredevil uh the whole netflix uh netflix thing ending uh as abruptly as it did it kind of 
I mean, the writing's been on the wall for a while. Yeah, we knew this yeah, thing was going away. Um, I think people were still holding a little hope, though. Oh, I didn't. I didn't yeah. hear about that one. Yeah. But Netflix is going down, huh? No, no, not Netflix. No, not is going Netflix. down, but the the Marvel on Netflix. The Marvel on Netflix. Yeah. Okay, yeah. they canceled okay. all of them. I the shows. was distracted by the yeah. cat. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think technically before the last season of Jessica Jones. Dropped, yeah, I, I want to say like mm. yeah, I think I want to say it was like even before the. That season of the Punisher came yeah, out. It, it, right had been, time, it had been yeah. announced, and it was like, you know, <laughs> there's some folks who were appreciative that they didn't have to sit through another season of uh, <laughs> Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say anything about Iron Fist so much, but I mean, I do feel bad because Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and, and Luke Cage. I mean, those were like they brought back something that was missing from like tv series marvel mm. like you know you, you they never like they were focusing so much on the movies that they had they tried this opportunity and it was working really well like there was about a good year where you could like you couldn't you couldn't throw a stone without hitting three people that were talking about freaking you know hallway fights with daredevil yeah like oh, continuous, sure. like it looked like Birdman had a fight. Like it, it, remember that movie Birdman, where it was just one continuous long shot. Mm-hmm. It, it, just, it, it felt like some like the, they used him, the director from that movie, to shoot that one scene, and it was just constant one shot of yeah. this huge fight, and it was freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was gritty. Oh man, and I well, that, love the art of the long shot too. So yeah, yeah. I, and and I think that really was what was the the draw at least for me is that street level superheroes you know mm-hmm. daredevil luke cage jessica jones um street level superheroes who aren't they're not saving the world on a daily basis they're saving hell's kitchen they're saving new york city they're mm-hmm. you know Harlem. they're saving their asses is what they're doing yeah they're saving their asses and if everyone else gets gets protected along the way you know, or you figure out who the bad guy is, you mm-hmm. you can go after them. But it started dying when they did the whole Defender thing. I really had hope for that. I, I I haven't watched it, but I had hope, and every everything I it wasn't I, great. I, so it was a little bit of a mess. Yeah. Well, it's like I tried watching that. I tried watching the first season of Iron Fist, and um, part of the problem I kept feeling was, oh, this is Arrow, Arrow seasons one and two, where mm-hmm. we keep having flashbacks to the island. No, no. The difference between Arrow and Iron Fist was that Arrow was not an idiot. True. F- fucking the guy who played Iron Fist. I don't even want to say his name. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. 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 The, the person, the human being that wasted space on this planet becoming the character Iron Fist in that TV series was a freaking idiot. Really? Yeah, I mean, if you want my personal opinion on the matter, well, that's basically it. Because I mean, it, you watch the show and it's like, I wouldn't do that, but he's gonna do it. I wouldn't do that, but he's gonna do it. Oh yeah, that you know what? You just got warned that this might happen, and it's your one weakness. How did you not see that coming? Seriously. So that's, so that's not the actor. That's the the writing. No, no, no. no. Because even with the writing, the writing is not that great but the actor couldn't sell it like he couldn't play the part well he when you see him he's so transparent it feels yeah. like he's dragging you along like yeah. you got clubbed like he punched you out and dragged you along his misery because he yeah. had to deal with the misery yeah the and, and and that point you're also like okay well who's directing this and who's editing this because 
if that's what you're saying is your best take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I got like episode three or four of, mm-hmm. of Iron Fist, and I was just like, this is this is like not fun. This is yeah. not like I sat the one night and watched I don't know four or five episodes of Luke Cage, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm I I think I'm done for for the season. Okay, well next season starting or whatever, and it was just like. I would have stayed up longer, but I think I had to go to work the next day or something. So well, it leaves you it leaves you wanting to see more. Yeah, and then it was just like it was compelling, te- uh, compelling storytelling, but the character that you liked bought into had flaws. Had flaws, definitely has had flaws. Fl- yeah, and, and was viable because of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with with watching you know Daredevil or Jessica Jones. I mean. I remember watching that first episode of Jessica Jones and it was like, oh, she's like, she's like what would happen if like superheroes were, you know, really real, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to deal with the, the, the trauma of, not the trauma of having to save whatever, but those times when you fail. Yeah. Now you want to yeah. know the right, the his, the, 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 the awesomeness that is Jessica Jones is in the writing. It's the fact that you have to deal with the problems of having the powers of a superhero, okay, but dealing with the problems of a normal day-to-day person. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that key worked not just in Jessica Jones. It worked in Daredevil. It and worked with Luke Cage. Cage. It didn't sell with Iron Fist. It did. It did. It, 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 it was... Mm. And it it couldn't be sold that way. They mm-hmm. should have done him more like a Batman series or something, where you know, like the writing should have been completely different than what it was. I mean, I mean, so I've been on record problems. before saying, you know, I think that Marvel's strength really has always been that it's less about making superhero movies or TV in this case, and more about making genre stories. In, in different styles that have superheroes in them. And, <clears throat> you know, it worked great in the movies. Uh, it worked great in Iron Man. It worked great in, in Captain America being more of like a, a World War II movie, more of a war movie, uh, or Winter Soldier being more of a political thriller than, than a superhero movie. It worked great in in, in home, Homecoming being more mm-hmm. of like a John Hughes-style uh, coming-of-age, you know, high school movie. Uh, it worked in, in, in the Netflix shows, um, it in Jessica Jones, you had this kind of gritty '80s noir detective uh, story. Luke Cage had a '70s. Luke Cage had a kind of '70s exploitation yeah. vibe to it. I feel like I just really don't understand why they didn't lean heavier into Iron Fist being like a classic '60s like kung fu movie. kung fu movie. Um, you yeah, know. You, you get up there to the point where all of a sudden Danny becomes a, a, a rich inherent tea that you know all of a sudden now it's it's not about the kung fu it's not about the fight it's about the fact that he can punch luke cage out you know it's about it it, the writing wasn't done right Mm -hmm. it didn't sell it on what they know they tried something different and it failed yeah so i'm just gonna throw this one out here though for doing the kung fu style movie would it have been would it have worked if you had instead of casting the we shall not name uh 
former portrayer of Sir Loras from mm-hmm. Game of Thrones and actually, you know, maybe gone different angle and and cast uh, Asian? an Asian, no. an East Asian character no. to play the role. Because that way you can do a Kung Fu movie, you have an East Asian actor portraying the role, um, and, and it doesn't... St- Stick out in 2017, 2018. I mean, I definitely see both sides of the coin. Um, I know a lot of people were very unhappy with the the with, with casting outside of being an East Asian, but also I recognize that no, that's Danny the, Rand. That's that's yeah, that's the that's character. The story. That's the character. Yeah. Now that said, I also recognize we've updated a lot of things in the MCU for our 21st century audience because it makes more sense to update a lot of things. I, I see both sides of, of the coin for sure. Um, would it have helped? I don't think casting an East Asian would have helped in this situation without... Well, yeah, if you have poor writing, poor right. writing is going you to kill You still everything. needed to fix the story. And, and then poor writing with an East Asian actor then becomes some sort of really bad caricature, mm. and that's even worse. No, no, yeah. see, I'll even go one step further. You put in somebody like East Asian, what you're doing is you're not you're pandering towards what you're trying to sell which is the action because mm-hmm. you're going against the content of the story which is the character Danny Rand that would be the equivalent of like well I can get a bigger stronger white guy to play Luke Cage if I get better fight scenes that's justification the same way as if oh well if I could put an Asian person in Iron Fist if I get a better fight scene because he's Asian, and well, I, it just goes against the story. Well, but I think if you're going with the kung fu genre, if you're doing, if that's where you want to go, and and, and I think it's really like you're saying, lean into it, really do the wire work, really do the wuxia, you know, yeah. then I think you you would want to go that way. But if you're doing, I, it's hard even to say like what genre, other than this seems felt like to me like a bad take on Arrow. Yeah, that's the problem. Is that you can't really peg it down to be if you can't even peg it down as to how bad it is, how are you going to peg it when it does become a good show? If it ever became a good show, which it would, it, it, it you can't peg it, you can't classify, it, you can't feel something about it, and you can't connect to it. It's so disconnected. I mean, you have all this mysticism from how he became the uh, you know the Iron Fist and the dragon and all that, but you're 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 not. You're not going into it deep enough before you're trying to commit to something else. And then before you even have a chance to commit to something else, you're trying to go through another, you know, next thing you know, oh, we're, now we got three different things going on and we're going to throw in a, a, the, the defenders and it's, it doesn't work. It didn't even work the, when you were doing it solo. Why are you going to put it with another person in yeah. there? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, one out of four, five, six isn't too bad oh, they, you they, know, oh, no, they, no, they did great they knocked it out of the park with a lot of that stuff sure. so he he it was the one but i blame him for it it's all his fault i blame him for for screwing it up if you know and, and it's not i mean the writing wasn't great it wasn't even good but the acting did not even like i've seen actors who they know their shit is shit it, their writing is shit and they still sell it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And later on, they'll bitch about it. It's like I, I 
sold you shit and you loved it because I was the one selling it. That's how I got into Juilliard. That's, that's how I got, yeah. You know, that's how you get an I, Oscar I in this town. Yeah. Plenty of interviews of actors but, who have like outright said, I protested that line. I didn't like that line. I didn't like that, whatever. But they did their best to make it no, as no. much as they could. Perfect case is perfect example is uh, the Scrooge, Muppet, uh, the Muppet Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. When. Um, What's his face? I just watched Michael Caine. Michael Caine. When he did it, when he did it, the other day. No, I, and I'm, I have it on my list. The size of a tangerine. But when he did it, (laughs) when he, when he did it, he told everybody, he's like, I'm gonna do this. Like this is freaking, like this is Broadway. This is going to be Mm -hmm. a top-notch performance. I don't care if I'm looking at a Muppet or something. As far as I'm concerned, I'm on stage and I am going to give it my best mm-hmm. and 100% and he killed it yeah it was he, amazing he makes he makes that like mm-hmm. it, it goes from seeing something that you could laugh at and Gonzo and Kermit and, and all of a sudden you're lo- you're listening to him and he's like it's tour de force dude yeah it's actually a freaking Christmas story. Like you stop thinking about them as Muppets. You're starting to think it as Bob Cratchit. This might be two different movies going on at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and and I think that's also you know high quality actor versus you know I mean Tim Curry in uh, Muppet oh, Treasure Island. Oh, uh, same thing. You know, same thing. He no, but he's got a all, presence. It was amazing. He's yeah. got a presence well, that he brings into it. That like even in Bat, like, come on, Legend. But even that was good. When he was in it, compared to like Tom Cruise, I mean, well, I think that's the difference between an actor like Michael Caine who gives it a hundred percent in everything he does, and an actor like Tim Curry who gives a hundred and ten percent in everything he does. Well, his presence gives the extra ten <laughs> yeah, percent regardless. He's got a really high. Charisma. I'm looking at you, Jeremy Irons, <laughs> and I love you, Jeremy Irons. But man, everything, one hundred and ten, one hundred and twenty-five percent. I'm gonna uh, notch this thing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can yeah. We- Dungeons and Dragons movie, Aragon. Oh god, Ugh. he's great in Watchmen. He's in, uh, oh, in the HBO Watchmen. I, we we <coughs> haven't, haven't watched it yet. No, no, we don't. We, we don't seem to have the, the I, we don't have the HBO I think streaming the last service. Episode of the hey, season. Was what this about week. Die Hard? <laughs> oh, Die Hard three. Yeah, yeah remember Jeremy Irons in Die Hard three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's one hundred and ten percent of crap. <laughs> That's what Jeremy Irons does. <laughs> you just need somebody to read the scripts for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I think we've 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 gone a bit. The cat is stealing my mic. Um, um. <laughs> so anything else? Anything else? Up? Some geek news. I think I, the big one for me was Red Sun. We talked about everything going on with Disney. This episode will be airing as Rise of the Skywalker is premiering. Oh, we went to see Frozen 2. That was amazing. Right, of Skywalker, okay. I, I say that every time in your There right. is no article there, sir. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I was hoping I snuck that one past because after it came out of my mouth, I was like, I said that wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did see Frozen 2. Um, it was so much fun. It, it was, was a lot good. of fun. It really it was, really was a lot of fun. There, there are definitely moments where you just kind of go, okay, you're just showing off her voice. Yeah. No. You know. The best, the best part was the '80s music the, video yes, scene. The full on Ario power ballad slash Queen slash Holy cow! Go see this movie. We're not even spoiling anything by telling you it's in it. Just go see um, it for it. And, it's incredible. And what I think is really awesome, um, and I read this right before the movie came out, is Disney actually um, 
during uh, for the first Frozen, they used uh, traditional songs from the Sami people of Finland uh, and Norway. Um, they're all over Scandinavia, but they used Norse love to let it go. Um, <laughs> but they're not. They're, the cold doesn't bother them anyway. <laughs> oh God! No, but the Sami are not Norse or Sweden or Finnish. They are their own oh. their own ethnic group. The, the Sami. They are. Uh, semi-nomadic. Uh, they their their main thing is they herd caribou. Um, but in the first Frozen, they use traditional songs and traditional chants and stuff. And and some of the characters were wearing traditional Sami garb. But Disney made no attempt to kind of get the Sami people involved in any way. Oh, um, mm-hmm. so I guess Disney's change of of culture is. Like what they did with Moana, they got Polynesian folks yep. involved um, and did special showings. They contacted, before they did Frozen, they contacted several of the different like tribal councils of and, and, and cultural councils of the Sami people. They made a full agreement, like signed documentation compact, if you will, um, about how the Sami, Sami culture would be represented. Mm-hmm. Um uh, they really made an effort, and they really made an effort, and uh, and so they also got Sami performers to come and, and give them participate. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it shows. It it definitely yeah. shows, and it's it really adds a a richness um, to the story in which, in so many ways, and it was super super cool. Which I I, I mean I, I really hope that's something that Disney is going to continue going forward. You know, being culturally sensitive about what they're using. What are you sorry? Aww, <laughs> you found um, it. Yeah, so I'm really, I'm really hopeful that the, you know, that's something going forward because it just me, it gives a more genuine authenticity yeah, to it. That uh, well, let's just hope that you know they, they, they don't try to make a Pocahontas too. Then, oh, <laughs> yeah, they no, actually I think, did. I think that they did make a Pocahontas uh, too, but did? I think as far as the whole Pocahontas thing is concerned, they kind of <laughs> learned their lesson, and I they, hope so. They're doing much better. <laughs> Um, I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt on that, but there's 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 a thing in the movie, and and you know a little bit of a spoiler. So if you don't want to listen, you know, go ahead and fast forward. Um, one sentence, one line in this movie that really made an impact for me, and and I think for a lot of people, and I've been talking to a lot of people about it, and how how simple, and sometimes this is this is the magic of Disney. And, and the magic of sometimes that Disney can do something like what we were talking about with all of this Star Wars stuff and all of these bells and whistles and smokes and mirrors and all of these things that immerse you in something. And then they can hit you in the chest with one line. Right in the feels. Right in the feels with one line. And it really is the magic of what they do and how they do it so incredible. And there's this moment where Anna, um, she's stuck in a, in a position that she needs to get out of. I'm not really giving too much away, but... She just says, just do the next right thing. And that hit me so hard. And all of us that, I mean, like, we're sitting around the table with people that that have been geeks all our lives and have been stuck in these positions of being, you know, being bullied and being hurt and being whatever um, for the things that we love, you know, and being stuck in what do we do next, you know, and just, just do the next right thing. And I thought that was really really incredible good life advice yes absolutely yes. absolutely so 
in keeping with that, I'm going to do the next right thing, which Please is do. let's go to the big board. Hey. To the board. Uh, I think we probably could have given more geek points all around, but we were all just sort of immersed in conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and with yep. this happens with us. Um, um, so on the big board, uh, Kayla has got her one point. My one point. I, I pulled two. Peach, you got three. And our big winner is Danny with six. So, Danny, the tradition of the Wait show no. is... Uh, you as the winner, the geekiest for this week, you get to uh, drop some plugs. Uh, anything that you want to plug? Any uh, anything? Anything you're doing that you would want to plug? Or Projects you're working on, you your social media. What's good in the world? Friends you want to plug? Okay, let's start this off. Um, oh my god, he's got a binder. <laughs> <laughs> binder full of plugs. <laughs> Alright, so first I want to plug this podcast. I think all of you should get geek points for it. Aw, thank you. Um, let's see. Uh, I would like to let's see. Plug secondhand goddess. Thank you. Um, armored bear. <laughs> Pete, when you get your emulator going, I like to plug that too. Maybe we can play a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that because I need some guidance on that. I need, uh, I need some mentorship. Make I like some the, friends here. I like to plug my Christmas lights in sometime this year. <laughs> Um, yeah, we don't even have a tree yet. It's Danny's fine. Pool Service, 555-1212 or 555-P-O-O-L. Very fine callback. Speedo will be provided. Yep, Speedo's provided. Um, and uh, let's see. I want to plug my freaking, the podcast for the game, the, you know, for the game I'm part of that we've been, we've been toyed with by our DM, as he says every time we get together, there Danny might be very keen a to get podcast. Published. Yeah. Yeah. I like to plug the commercials that I've been plugging in there. Yeah, I'm I, I, I'm going to try when I do the editing for this. I, I might throw uh, one or two of the, uh, the Danny commercials that come up in our game. Um, you put a mic in front of me, man. It ain't. It's like, that's, you know, it's like a teaser for the show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I'd like to plug uh, um, Viagra for the 286, 386 computer systems. May your floppies be hard. Um, <laughs> that's a t-shirt <laughs> um i don't know man uh i want to plug uh, uh i want to plug my f- friends um i mean you guys are my friends but i mean to plug yourselves in it'd be kind of kinky yeah we, we usually um, plug ourselves at the end of this okay too, you guys so can plug yourselves in um <laughs> i want to plug my friend fred um who i'll be seeing in christmas and I'll be telling them that I actually got up on a podcast, which is interesting. Um, I'd like to uh, plug and shout out to all the you know, ladies who have loved me. And, <laughs> and there are many. <laughs> all the girls that loved before. <laughs> uh, that's why I don't sing anymore. Um, and um, I don't know. Uh, uh, if people want to follow you on social medias, can they or should they? Or <laughs> <laughs> should they? I don't know. Uh, can they? They can at their own discretion. Um, I will give you the, the okay. link to my put that in the show notes to mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Go ahead and challenge Danny to see if he has all the games he claims he has. I guarantee you, you will lose. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee it. It's like I guarantee. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got all the games and I go to Goonie yeah, Alec, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Pete. Uh, I, uh, I'm i that guy that you can hear on the Geekiest podcast every once in a while. 
Um, you can find follow me on Twitter. I am at the It's Just Pete. You can find me on Not Safer Wizards playing Orion, the Paladin. You can find me in your nightmares. Here I am. Uh, and don't forget, Pete also has an email address that you and can I have access. A shiny new email address. You can find me. I am geekiestpete at gmail.com. Ask me questions. Get me prepped up for uh, getting to see our, our friend K. Smith there. Yeah. Let him know if there's things you want to hear about on the podcast. Right here on this podcast, I will talk about your, your loves and your hates and your interests and your... No, that's it. That's all. That's the whole list of things. What about, ask, about. What about their ASCII porn? Yeah. And ASCII porn. ASCII porn. <laughs> Kayla, where can you be found? Um, I can be found on the Twitters at talk underscore Kayla. Um, well, more like you can get Joe and Joe will tell me because I suck at checking my Twitter. However, I have taken a cue from Pete and I have started a new Instagram so that Shiny you can get a hold of me because I'm addicted to Instagram like the rest of the people in the world. Um, so you can find me at geekiest Kayla on Instagram and uh, you can hit me up there, ask questions, do all that stuff that you do with Pete too. Um I am I'm gonna be posting as much as I possibly can just kind of pictures of geekdom in the world and things going on in in our crazy geeky world so you kind of will get an insight into uh, the geekiest and not safe for wizards and and stuff going on with the other podcasts and all that so that's going to be my hub for that um, as wonderful Danny said you can always find me at my shop secondhand goddess in if you live in South Florida or want to visit uh, in the heart of downtown Davie at 4148 DV Road and of course secondhand goddess on all of the socials a true destination yes right up there with universal and disney totally it's not it's not a destination it's a journey <laughs> oh it's a journey all right <laughs> getting, getting through those aisles is a journey with all that merchandise we have the a most amazing bathroom in the city huh. it's a tardis <laughs> folks it's a tardis <laughs> don't fall for it i swear it's a tardis <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Demorgus. Uh, you can find anything The Geekiest Podcast uh, related on the social medias at The Geekiest Pod. Uh, I am the DM of the Not Safe for Wizards podcast. Uh, and I, I also run that Twitter handle and Instagram. So if you want to really communicate with me, there are multiple ways. Um, also keep an eye out for stuff on the Evolving DM uh, I'm should be having some some things starting up in the new year. If you're in South Florida and want to get involved in playing some D and D with with me and Kayla and whoever else, uh, we'll be posting stuff for that. Um, and I think that's that's about that's it. it. So, hey, thanks for listening this weekend. We'll be talking to you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Adios. <laughs> Hey there, listener. Before we get out of here, just want to uh, ask you to do us a little favor. Um, two little favors. One, if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture. Uh, that would definitely help us. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions.